totally useless information with Nick and Roy is brought to you in part by Manmade, quality essentials for men, boxer briefs, t-shirts, socks, and soap. Manmade, the official boxer brief of Nick and Roy. What did Al Davis invent in 1990 that everyone wanted? If you have a chip on your shoulder, what's your problem? This is season seven of Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Listen, laugh, and learn. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. And we scoured the internet with our staff and everyone else this week to find out totally useless information just for you. Plus, we'll tell you all about our new Nick and Roy store and answer your mailbag questions and in the news until death do they part and she almost made it happen totally useless information it's everything you never needed to know nick i have a question for you yes please Is, did you say the nude nick and roy store the new no well only for you it would be Oh, I thought maybe those pictures were circulating again. (laughs) No, remember the lawyer told you to stop. Down the garden path with Nick and Roy. Isn't that lovely? That's Mother Nature, by the way, in case you were wondering. Welcome to Totally Useless Information. I'm Nick. He's Roy. As we said, we're really excited today because we did clean up the studio once again. But this next guest has been around dirt. Why do you say that? People think we're pigs. (laughs) <laughs> well, we are, but but because we and how come we clean the studio? If you're in Toronto and I'm in Florida. Oh, come on! It's theater of the mind, and and so <laughs> our next guest has been around dirt. It's like sex for Nick. Theater of the mind. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Not for me. Uh, we have somebody that's been around dirt all his life, and yet we cleaned our studio. So figure that one out. Yeah, yeah. But he's a longtime friend of mine and a former colleague on radio. He hosted a garden show for many years on CFRB News Talk 1010, which is one of the many stations we're on. Uh, on Wait the a I, second. I you said you were bringing somebody on that was really filthy. I had no idea. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, we'll explain all that. He's truly an expert gardener. He is an author. He is a broadcaster, an entrepreneur, and most importantly, a recipient of the Order of Canada. Please welcome Mark Cullen. Thank you. Isn't that nice? I, we I guess, have the big guests. Mark. Mark's a big guest. This is this is great to be with you two guys. Two more, two other guys with a great face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're not the first person who said that. <laughs> I'm not. The, I'm not the only one in the crowd today. <laughs> well, you know a lot about gardening, right? I mean, I think your family's been in the gardening business for how long? Well, a hundred years. But uh, you know, the truth is, Nick, I I know a little about a lot of stuff. And that's what got me by during those years you and I spent working together mm-hmm. at uh, News Talk 1010 CFRB in Toronto, uh, where I, I could answer a lot of questions about roses. But if a rose expert ever got on the line Uh-oh. and really wanted to drill down, I was in deep trouble. Yeah. Really, yeah, yeah. It became real. It's f- kind of like everything that happens with me and Nick. <laughs> yeah, it became thorny really quick. Anyway, I remember when uh, you were in the studio at, uh, in Toronto, and your son Ben was what five, six? Well, he was. Yeah, he was born in '91, and you know we did the show together right through the '90s yeah. and the early 2000s, and uh, yeah, he would come down uh, with what with a coloring book or with his uh, Nintendo or something. Yeah, exactly what I have in my notes. He sat in the back of the studio and he was coloring. And now, what is what is Ben up to these days? Well, he's in the bean business. He's 31 years old, and he's in the organic, locally grown, Canadian-grown beans, lentils, and chickpea business. And you would find his product in cans in over 800 retailers across Canada under the Cullens label. So he created all this himself. Nick and Roy, this kid, he did it himself with a little bit of his father's money. And that's how we're partners. And I got to tell you, he's the kid with the moxie. He's the kid with the go get him. And uh, he's in the bean business. Red, black, and white beans. That's awesome. So, cool. let, And let me... they're under the Cullen's label. Cullen's yeah. Foods, is it not? Cullen's. Cullen's Foods. That's it. Yep. Cullen, yeah. then apostrophe S. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to transport This you. show is sponsored by Cullen Foods. <laughs> so, yes, it, you're, you're right, because we're full of beans. Um, also, that should you know be your, what happens to 
me, Nick. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Exactly. He becomes a propulsion lab all of a sudden, just like that. <laughs> well, you know, it was it was fun, um, Nick. We had we had just had so much fun, and live radio is a little bit like a, a unrehearsed podcast. What we're doing at this very moment, you know, it's spontaneous, it's high energy, and it's just great fun. And I just really enjoyed working with you and the team. There at CFRB, very very fond memories. Oh, yeah, and and that's why when um, when I, now you were on a recent podcast with our colleague Ted Wallishin, and yeah. by the way, Ted says hello, and uh, Paul Gatt says hello. He's another one of our tech guys, yeah. and uh, and so yeah, we had many many great years. You were on location, live on location at uh, some uh, uh, Canada Blooms and other flower shows and whatnot. Good for you, yeah. And uh, yes, I have a great memory. It's Mark, right? Yes, Mark Cullen, and yeah. so. It was there that you taught everybody because, uh, Roy, you have to understand, Mark has an uh, incredible way of, of educating people at eye levels so you can understand. He's the one that revealed to the world that it was the University of Israel who found out that half a tablet of Viagra in your vase of flowers will keep the flowers fresher longer. Is that true, Mark? That's true. It keeps them upright. Exactly. Mm -hmm. so Correct. Yes, exactly. Well, I didn't want to use that word. I was trying to avoid that word. <laughs> well, no, leave it to us. We'll say it. We're allowed. Yeah, trust me. Yeah, we have the license for it. So, so now well, I used... talk about things that no longer happen for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, this is ancient history part of our show, and yeah. so and and the question. So I did bring up that fact in one of our. I think it was gardening segments, and I and maybe yeah. science. I forget what it was, but I said, well, here's the thing. So you you get home, you're feeling really romantical and. And, um, and then the lights are really low, and you realize you've used your last half tablet of, of Viagra. On your so, roses. Exactly. So what? You, <laughs> well, Roy came up with a solution. What was your solution, Roy? I drank the water. <laughs> drink, 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 drink the rose water. That's, That's a great idea. House, every time I go over Nick's house, I drink the flower water. <laughs> you know, Nick, what, what I didn't realize then, and I realize now, is that half of Viagra tablets worth just about as much as the roses. Now, Mark, you've been in the garden business all your life, practically, because your dad's, you said 100 years. You weren't kidding when you said 100 years. You just didn't throw that no. out. Just It's literally 100 years. His family 19... has been in that business so long, they created, they actually invented flowers. <laughs> 1922. Wow. So, John Wheel, John Wheel, who served in the First World War, and he was with the British Expeditionary Force, went to France, Signed up with 150 guys in Nottinghamshire in England, went over to France for the beginning of the war, came home at the end of the war, him and one other guy out of 150. And oh. that was the beginning of an extraordinary life story that John Wheel had. He moved to Canada in 1922 because there was no work for a career landscape gardener in England in the teens after and the early 20s when uh, when the war was over so he came over to canada looking for work and uh long story short in 1941 his paper boy arrived at the door with the paper and john met him and he said leonard i gotta dig some perennials this weekend would you like to come over and we'll take them over to mrs smith's that paper boy was my father and wow. that was the beginning of a lifetime relationship wow. John Wheel sells to my dad. I bought out my dad, and that was over a hundred years ago. Now I'm business with my son. So in in a in a in a in a third party sort of way, he's the fourth generation. Mister Wheel was not in our family, but he became part of our family. Absolutely! Wow! Wow! Cool story. Hmm. I I um, so if you weren't doing any gardening, let's say you know you decided you didn't want to. You just wanted to uproot yourself. See what I did there? Uproot yourself and do something completely different. What would profession would that be other than gardening? Well, it, it probably would have been communications because, Nick, as you know, well, while I was running a, a chain of retail garden centers in the greater Toronto area in my youth, my 20s, 30s, 40s, I had an alternate career that was running concurrently and that that was a career in tv radio books i've written 23 books i i hosted four of my own half hour gardening shows over a period of time with cbc ctv hgtv then hgtv fired me and then they asked me back what? and and so the answer to your question is i kind of found my way into this alternate career while i was running the gardening business and don't ask me how i did it because 
I don't know how I did it, but I had so much fun and I really enjoyed the communications, the communication side so much. And yet I, if you were asked me, how do you define yourself professionally? I would say, oh, I'm a retailer. In my heart, I'm a retailer. I'm a marketing guy. My business card says Mark's Choice, Marketing and Communications, Horticultural Marketing and Communications. So that's who I am. That's what I identify with. I think that's the answer to your question. I, was, I wasn't going to ask you what, any more questions because I think you answered well, it all. Well, if I asked Nick that question and said, what is it that you'd want to be, do the most, you know, and he'd say, I'd, I'd like to be a podcast uh, host. <laughs> podcast <laughs> host, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, there, there is one other thing, and you're the first person <laughs> to ever ask me this question, Nick, and I asked myself that question many times. You know what I would really love to have done, and I'd still love to do it someday, is call a hockey game. Ah, Okay. Call and I don't mean the color. So you know, I'm I'm a big Toronto Maple Leafs fan, and don't go there. I know, but listen, I was going to say you poor thing, but you you took care of that. Do they stay? Do they still play hockey? Yeah, they do. Yeah. <laughs> they call I it hockey. I shouldn't have brought it. They up. call it hockey. Okay, go on. so you you do like the play by play? I I just I, yeah. I listen to the play by play guy, and I think that would be so much fun and such a wonderful challenge to know the names of all those guys. Yeah girls if you're calling women's hockey it doesn't matter and you know to identify the number with a name in an instant like you listen to how they do that yeah. you can't tell me there's a computer telling them what to do and i'm sure they use computers to assist them maybe some of those stats that they quote come up in computers and they can go blah 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 uh, oh that's his you know 31st goal and that's the record in his career or whatever yeah. but i'm talking about the play by play can you, you know i got one up i that? got one up on you What's that? You know, it would be really funny if I called the hockey game because I know absolutely nothing about <laughs> hockey. <laughs> I would be well, like, and there's an icing call. I don't even know what that means. Yes, <laughs> and there's a cake in the, in the corner of the rink. No, that's not the kind of icing. It's not what you, you think. could say. Yeah, that same. guy is offside. He went and got a beer. You can say the same thing about me where baseball is concerned. The only difference oh, yeah, is yeah. it's slower than molasses in winter, so you can make stuff up. Yeah, you can't oh, do that in baseball, hockey. I fall asleep by the second inning, and then the game's yeah. over. I like right. being at a game, but watching baseball on TV, it, yeah. that's like watching a, uh, you know, the icing on a cake. Well, it's really bad. Yeah, I agree. So we didn't. Agree. We, brought, we brought you on the show not to just stump you uh, with regards to horticultural names or whatever. We actually brought some useless information, and, and that was we, pretty good. Next stump. Oh, yeah, I did that, didn't I? You know what? I didn't even think of that. Okay, I'll, I'll, let's do that again. I'll pretend. To... So, Mark, we're not here today to stump you. See what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> with some silly horticultural names. We came here with some actual totally useless information. As you're listening to totally useless information with Nick and Roy, our very special guest is Mark Cullen, an expert gardener. And we'll get to the order of Canada in just a moment because Roy and I can't even get an order of fries. But anyway, Roy, you had something <laughs> about uh, the horticultural world. Yeah, I, I thought this was an interesting one. They Scientists found out that the early bird gets the worm, not just the early bird getting the worm, but for plants as well. The earliest direct sunlight is more beneficial to plant growth than any other sun during the day. For some reason, the synthesis is better or whatever. There was a lot of technical terms, but the, the gist of it was that the earliest direct morning sunlight is more beneficial to plant growth. I, I, I was wondering to ask you, is that true? When it comes to photosynthesis, the science is so complicated and moving so quickly, I'm sure, quite seriously, Roy, you could tell me a lot of things that would be news to me. And what you just said is news to me. And I'm not sure it is useless information. It's probably got some use to somebody. I know that if you cut flowers in the middle of the day, that's the wrong time of day. That's the worst time of day to why, cut why flowers. Why is that? Why? But be, because, it, because early in the morning, they're waking up, they're full of moisture. And if you cut them in the morning, uh, then they're, how can I put this? Their metabolism isn't moving the way it does midday. Midday, you cut them and they dry and they last Nick, for it's a very much shorter simple. period it's, of time. It's like us. We wake up in the morning and what's the first thing we do? Have a coffee. <laughs> no, before coffee. <laughs> we go take a pee. Because Turn. we're full of water. <laughs> 
<laughs> and our metabolism, that's right. Yeah, and that's when the half a tablet of Viagra really kicks in. Yeah, I try not to drink my coffee while I'm on the toilet. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's a question for you, okay? And, and I don't know how serious this is. How do you prune a plum tree? Ooh. How do you prune a plum tree? Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> you know a plum tree is actually a prune. Is it really? Where, oh, that's where do right. prunes come from? Have you ever thought Plum. about that? Yeah, they're, yeah they're just dried. It's like a raisin is a dried grape. A prune is a dried plum. plum. And how do you prune a prune tree? That like that because that's really what it is before they dry up. Uh -huh. And well, you want an answer to that question? I do because I thought I was playing on words, but you actually have, have a serious answer, and I'm, I'm well. Really sorry I mean, I brought of course, it up there's now. an answer because <laughs> people prune plum trees absolutely, and they're generally done in the summer. Uh, now, like midwinter, late winter is the best time to prune an apple, uh, best time to prune a nectarine or an apricot or a peach, all in the same family when you think about it, yep. is late in the spring, just as they're beginning to produce flowers, and you prune them hard. So there's a different answer for, you know, every you, you name it, and there, there's actually probably a somewhat different answer, because plants are people too. And a lot of retirees that come here to Florida, they look pruned after a few years of being in the sun, you know? They oh, those do. are Canadians with the Irish complexion. Okay. They should know one. better. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I got one for you, and I didn't know this. Are pineapples considered berries? Oh, are they berries. in the berry family? Are you making this stuff up? Or No, I, 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 had, I read this. It said that a quirky fact that pineapples are considered berries. I'll tell you, in the villages in Florida, pineapples are considered a signal for switch-hitting couples. Oh. If they put a pineapple on their front right. doorstep really? or, or a mm. pineapple type of decoration or something, it's right. an indication that they're, they're switch-hitters. Mm -hmm. Well, that I, I have not never that heard knocked that. on any doors, but... Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, if you go to Williamsburg and you study early American history... You'll know that the pineapple was used as a symbol of good luck and was often put on headstones and graveyards. So yes, we've, explain we've that to me. Show that it was a symbol of wealth, I believe, yeah. too, in, in Europe. Yeah, exactly. Crazy. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you know why? Because if you had enough money, you could afford to have a probably twenty or thirty gardeners whose primary aim was to produce a pineapple for the Christmas table. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and, that was that was a show of well. I also think in my head sometimes, like you know, a pineapple. I'm growing two pineapples right now, and one plant grows one pineapple. I mean, it's right. like really, right. damn. Yeah. You know, my the banana tree grows a lot of bananas. This damn one pineapple. I got to make sure that that plant is good. You know. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, speaking of that, did you know? Here's a little trivia for you two guys. Did you know that a ban banana is a herb? No. No, see? That's so cool. I, I want you to think about this. <laughs> Have you ever seen a coffee table made out of banana wood? Have you ever seen anything made out of banana wood? And the answer is, of course, no, you haven't. No. Because it doesn't produce wood. It's not a tree. It's yeah. a herb. Sounds like a love life after yeah, so many is. years. It's <laughs> odd. It's odd. And you got to cut it down after you take the, the hand. I believe yeah. it, the bushel is called a hand. Yeah. Once you take the hand, you have to cut the whole thing down to the bottom, to the base. Yeah. That's wild. That is yeah. wild. Speaking yeah. of herbs, my <laughs> mother used to love Herb Albert in the Tijuana Press. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. God bless your mother. Have, have, um, have you ever heard of, you know, you, you were talking about uh, pineapples and knocking on people's doors. Why are you growing two pineapples? That's what I want to know. Well, I'm I'm growing two pineapples because I actually was doing research for the show okay. and saw a thing sure. on growing a pineapple. And sure as hell, I tried it, and it works real well. One day I'll get into it, or I'll write a story on the newsletter about how you cut the bottom, and then you put it in a glass of water, and you let the, the, the roots come out, and then you put it in. It's, it's a long, drawn-out thing. But it actually is growing. I'll send a picture, too, for the, the website. Sure. Yeah. I'm proud of you, I'll and just... I hardly know you. Thank you. Thank you. That'll change in a minute. Um, I'll just stick to my. That's why you're proud of me because you hardly know me. <laughs> That's right. I'll just stick to my prunes. Have you ever heard of Tussie Mussie? Tussie Mussie. According to the Royal Horticultural Society, Tussie Mussies are posies. Oh, sorry, are posies like a ring around the posy. 
assembled from a carefully chosen selection of flowers and herbs, usually to convey a special message. So this horticultural society came up with the history of it, and they used to call it Tussie Mussie. Uh, you've uh, seen ladybugs in gardens, Mark. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're beneficial uh, insects because they play a major role in keeping down the populations of insects that feed on plants. Right. That's so, true. And I think some people believe that it brings good luck. I don't know if it does. Uh, well, what brings good luck? You know, four-leaf clover? Okay. Uh, but what you said about lady beetles or ladybugs is yeah. absolutely correct. They're carnivores. Aphids. <laughs> you know what aphids are? A pain in sure. the neck. Like, they look yeah. like a light bulb, and that the, the, the bulbous end is their rear end. Yeah. And uh, and um, uh, ladybugs just really chow down on aphids. So yeah, they're a beneficial insect. They're good. They go they're generally the roses, considered a good right? thing. Hmm? The aphids like the rose bushes, right? Aphids like rose bushes. That's true. Oh they like a lot of stuff. They there there are more aphids in the world than there are people. So there's a lot of aphids. And if wow. it weren't for ladybugs, they'd take over the world. Wow, okay. unbelievable. Yeah. Now, I got one that I, I thought was cool. Scientists have found that people that garden release more serotonin, which is the happy chemical, and it will also combat against depression. Yeah, but you, they know, also... you know why that is? No. Because we leave our cell phone in the house. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> That's why. It's not the answer you were looking for, is it? Back. But, you know, I, I tell I tell people that, you know, will take the time to listen to me because I still do a podcast and write newsletters and stuff. And I and I, I, I say, folks, if you really want to squeeze the most you can out of the gardening experience, leave the cell phone in the house and let Mother Nature speak to you. She can't speak to you if you're on the phone. What we if, think yeah. we multitask? We don't. We go out, and the thing is, slow down, enjoy the experience, sit for a while, and absorb what's going on around you. And yes, the serotonin and all the rest of those things you just mentioned, absolutely happen. Well, the scientists dug deeper, and dug deeper is not okay, a pun. nice pun, yeah, okay. Yeah, but they dug deeper, and they found out that there are bacteria strains in the soil mm. that will then enter our body, and help the production of serotonin. So gardening, it may not just be the fact that it's very relaxing and nice. I mean, it may be that these bacteria strains get into through us breathing and touching our face and so on. The bacteria strains from the soil get into our body. Those bacteria strains help the production of serotonin. Cool. Very cool. Since we're in the month of uh, March and it is uh, right around St. Patrick's day and, uh, I, I never would have thought Mark Cullen was Irish, but that's just me. Um, there's the Irish furs, I think it's pronounced, F-U-R-Z-E. It's a golden yellow flower of uh, gorse or fur, or furs bushes. They're across Ireland is where they grow. It's a perennial evergreen, and it's uh, made of thorny shrubs. It smells like coconut and very prickly, very much like Roy. Uh, gorse mm-hmm. is not only invasive... <laughs> Like Roy, it's a chemical composition that makes its leaves extremely oily and highly flammable. Reacting Ooh. so, reacting to a fire like fuel and rendering rendering it nearly impervious to water once it's ignited. The Irish furze, if you are Z Z E. Wow! And where does this grow, Nick? In Ireland. Real? Eh? Yep. They they grow a lot of stuff in Ireland because they're in a different growing zone. You know, it's very. Very temperate over there, and it's nothing like Florida, so don't we don't need to compare it to that. But it is so much milder, and, and of course, if you've ever been there or flown over Ireland, you know how green it actually is. It is the Emerald Isle because it's yeah, so I guess because of moisture, yeah, right. Oh, so unbelievable! Wet. I mean, very, very notwithstanding the fact we're in a bit of a climate crisis, that the moisture is generally so consistent throughout the year it's it's one of the best places in the world to play golf as long as you're in rain gear yeah i had an irish neighbor i had an irish neighbor once they came over from ireland he was a chef she was a nurse and um and i said to him he said to me roy why are you washing your car and i said (laughs) what do you mean why am i washing my car he said i i said why don't you wash your car tom he goes we come from Ireland. We never wash our cars. Why would we? It rains every day. <laughs> <laughs> He's right, I think. He's right. So uh, how about some gorse? 
Gorse, of course, the, the ashes of gorse flowers. They were once used as a soap substitute when combined with clay. In the 18th and 19th centuries, apparently, gorse bushes were cut and dried to be used as fodder crop for horses and cattle. And some suggest its potential for use again in fodder crisis, as opposed to mutter crisis. Sorry. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. an interesting alternative to burning off uh, the land and create grassland. So the gorse flowers are like soap. Isn't that interesting? Do you guys read any books by Bill Bryson? We really don't read. You don't read? <laughs> uh, he's he went just to a New York most... City high school. <laughs> so was it Bill? one of the most brilliant uh, writers of our time, if you ask me. He wrote a book called Home, H-O-M-E. Okay. And in it, he talks about soap. And he says in the book that Europeans, i.e. civilized countries, didn't start using soap until the 1840s. Oh, wow. Because nobody understood the importance of hygiene. Before then, it was like, the longer you go without a bath, the healthier you must be. Wow. Oh, boy. Now, no. very weird. We have changed so much in 200 years, and we have access to things we take for granted, like soap, for instance. Yeah, exactly. But, now, see, the French are slightly backwards because they invented <laughs> perfume first. Right, and why did they invent pop perfume? What do you think that was all about? So I'm going to tie this all together now, okay, as, as we're just... Nick, um, are you going to talk about the bouquet? You know I am. You know I am. I'm going to tie it all together, Mark. So uh, in, in one of our topics here on Total Uses Information with Nick and Roy, we're speaking with Mark Coleman. Thank you for your time. We said we we're only going to last just a few minutes, but, you know, we'll just keep, we could talk all day with you. This is a lot of fun. I hope you're having fun. I mean, yeah. we're, we're learning a lot. Don't worry, stuff. Mark. Nick is going to edit this down to like a minute and a half. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. So um, you, you talked about how people would only bathe every once in a while. Well, the tradition was... You only bathe once a year, and it's usually in the month of May. And one of the reasons why one of the theories as to why the most popular wedding month is is because the bride still smells fresh. And so by bringing bouquet of flowers, in case she missed her May bath, the flowers will basically mask her, well, her odor, so to speak. And so that's how the tradition of, uh, of bouquet flowers walking down the aisle. Isn't that lovely? Mm -hmm. that's, that's a very cool wrap, if you ask me. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? Exactly. I love right. that. So, Mark, you always ended every radio show as we wrap up here. So I, I save this to the end, and then we'll ask how we can get in touch with you. Is right. You've always ended your show with Keep Your Knees Dirty. Where did that come from? It came from an essay that I read in a very small... Garden Communicators Magazine. So it's a magazine tailored to the Garden Communicators universe, of which there are only about 600 in North America. And it was a fabulous article about the, the benefits. Now, Roy talked a little bit about serotonin and all that kind of stuff. There's like people have devoted their whole life to understanding how our presence in a garden, our activity in a garden, our presence with nature, forest bathing. Okay, you can see where this is going, how big the topic can become. The entire essay was devoted to how the gardening experience makes us feel. And he finished his article with, just keep your knees dirty. And I thought, that says it all. That says everything that I need to say when I'm on the radio every week with Nick Byrano. And people don't have to remember another thing. Exactly. And so how, do, how can people get in touch with you if, uh, uh, are you still answering questions, uh, 10,000 questions or something? Are, are you still answering <laughs> questions from gardeners? That's the slogan for markcullen.com, which is the deepest horticultural website in Canada. We have our own internal search engine in the library. So if you were to go in there and put, um, you know, reflower my hibiscus or whatever, anything, anything but serotonin, because I'm not sure you'll find it. Or there. prune a plum oh. tree. A, yeah. a prune a plum. Yeah, exactly. yeah, or a plum a prune tree. Yes. Actually, you might find that. It's right there. MarkCullen.com. <laughs> MarkCullen.com. 10,000 gardening questions answered. That's our slogan. And if you if you really want to contact me, and I'd love to hear from you, I'd love to talk trees with any one of your listeners, because that's become my new life, Nick and Roy, then go to contact us. And my greenskeeper, her name's Brenda Hensley, will pick up your message and make sure that I get it. That's markcullen.com. Contact us. Say whatever you want to say. And tell me what you want me to know. And I'd love to hear from you. Mark, we can't thank you enough. I'm so thrilled. Uh, it was so nice to Pleasure. catch up with you here on the show. And thank you so much for your time and your valuable information. Uh, once again, the website where people can visit. 
mcmarkcullen.com. And the beans, if you want to buy some beans? Yeah, cullensfoods.com. And where do you ship? They're the best beans in the world, I tell you. Where best you... beans in the world. Well, that's nice of you to say thanks, Roy. Uh, where do you <laughs> ship? Where do you ship those, uh, Mark? Do you ship them? Anywhere? Well, they're they're a Canadian product, so you won't get them in Florida unless somebody smuggles them in. Hmm, I'm visiting, yeah, I'm visiting Florida in May. Guess what? I'm getting Roy. <laughs> no, a birch tree. Yeah, so no, no, no. no. He's in the beans. These beans are so good, Nick, that people are smuggling them across the board. That's right. becoming yeah. a problem <laughs> at this point. <laughs> I wish that were true. Mark, thanks again. Keep well. We'll talk soon. You too. Thank you, gents. I really appreciate this opportunity. Now it's time to talk to you about our brand new sponsor, Manmade Boxer Briefs for Men. Why are we talking to you about Boxer Briefs for Men? And why are we excited for Manmade to be on board? Roy, you tell them why. I'll tell you why. And this is the truth, folks. Manmade sent us underwear when we had them on as a guest on the show. And Nick and I both said the same thing. They are truly. And this is not because they're sponsoring the show. We went, we said to them, this is the best underwear ever. First off, it actually fits properly. They figured out a way to make a sack on the front of the underwear that holds you better. Yeah. They, they do. They actually do. There's a slit. Instead of a, like an up and down slit, it's a side to side slit. So that when you're going to use the restroom, it makes it so simple. Guys. This is revolutionary underwear, and I truly, truly mean it. You stay cool. They're wearable. It's a great product. I have a problem with underwear. I'm not going to lie. I, I do not. I mean, if you talk to my wife, she'll be like, you're going to buy an underwear again? And I end up throwing them away. Mm -hmm. These are the best. They sent us a couple of pair, folks. And, and I'm going to tell you, I'm ordering more. They are great fantastic 100 you've got to try men made briefs yeah now i know what i'm getting for my birthday these guys really thought this through hey let's put it this way roy lives in florida it's really hot and humid in florida no more funky town for roy's boys so check it out go to our website nickandroy.com and we have a special contest for totally useless information listeners if you go to contest at nickandroy.com and you send us an email if you explain to us why you're having a problem with your underwear and we like what you wrote we will send man, we're not going to man made is going to send you the same way they did with us they're going to send you a pair of briefs you're going to flip out contest at nickandroy.com is where you send that email you won't flip out of them no but you'll flip out <laughs> go to nickandroy.com click yeah. on the man-made logo and find out for yourself no more funky town for roy's boys go to nickandroy.com click on the man-made logo you're listening to totally useless information with nick and roy where do expressions come from we want to know right now that was a lot of fun wasn't it yeah he's cool He's great. He's a wealth of information. People don't know. I actually had questions for him off the air and uh, about some stuff. He's great. Really, really cool. MarkCollin.com. Cool All right. What do you got in terms of expressions? Return of post. Mm -hmm. You know when you get a letter that's stamped return of post? Well, in Victorian England, mail originally in Victorian England was delivered up to 12 times a day. Oh, and some people would get a letter in the morning and they would want the mailman to pick it up in the afternoon so he could get it back to the friend who wrote the letter in the first place. So they would write return of post on the original envelope and it would go back to the person that sent it. And then they would rewrite something and maybe by that evening they would get an answer to that as well. <laughs> and then you, and you, you know what you get after that? A real tired postman. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys. Yeah, you know what? Here's here's you know what he would do. He would or she they'd give the phone number. Here, here's your friend's phone number. Call them. Yeah, but it just goes to prove, Nick, that things worked better back then. I can't even get my mail now. <laughs> exactly. Maybe because you were sick as a dog. Sick as a dog is the expression. Oh. When you use the phrase "sick as a dog," that means that someone's very sick. The origin of the phrase sick as a dog can be found in the early 1700s when it was common to compare undesirable things to dogs. And the explanation for this isn't that people didn't like dogs, it's just that diseases such as the plague were often spread by animals like rats, birds, and unfortunately dogs. And over the years, they had an incredibly bad press. 
linguistically speaking, like dog tired and a dog's breakfast and goes to the dogs. Dictionaries mm -hmm. have long entries about all the ways that dog has been used in a negative sense. Mm -hmm. I wish you'd stop hounding me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you hound dog. When you, your, or my ship comes in. You ever heard that expression, when my ship comes in? That's right. Well, that expression comes from women would... Uh, back in the Victorian again era, women would owe money for products that they would buy from these ships that would come in from the sailors. Well, the boats would leave like the next month to go get more goods and services, but these women would owe money and they would promise to pay the minute the ship came in. So when they came back in, they would pay their debts and then take more product. Very good. And Excellent. Owners would have the money to go buy more product. Crazy, right? That's why we always encourage everyone to grab a pen or a pencil or a piece of paper because you listen, laugh, and learn. Unless, of course, you have a chip on your shoulder, which is my teaser. A chip ah. on your shoulder. The term to have a chip on your shoulder means being upset about something that happened in the past. More specifically, it comes. it means to hold a grudge. To have a chip on one's shoulder mm -hmm. originates in the United States, where it comes from the boyhood practice of spoiling for a fight by carrying a chip of wood on the shoulder and daring others to knock it off. Oh, cool. In the 1830s, the New York newspaper, the Long Island Telegraph, it printed, quote, when two boys were determined to fight, a chip would be placed on the shoulder of one and the other demanded to knock it off at his peril. Now, this was an old commercial. This is something similar to this. If you remember, it was, uh, I forget his name now, but it was an actor that had an ever-ready battery on his shoulder. and the, Robert Conrad. Robert Conrad, thank you. And so he would say, I dare you to knock this off. And I believe that's a takeoff on a chip on your old shoulder because he dared for you to knock off that battery And you know why shoulder. they stopped using that? It's because of me. Somebody put a chip on their shoulder to say, dare you to knock it off, so I just punched them in the face. <laughs> That's right, and that was the end of Why that. waste time, Nick? Why waste time? <laughs> no need to goad the other person. Just knock them out. I love this one. Get ready, folks. This is a good one. Kill them all and let God sort them out. Oh, boy. <laughs> now, it sounds like something out of like a Bruce Willis film or a uh, Schwarzenegger film, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kill them all and let God sort them out, but it's not. It's from 1209, 1209 during the Crusades. Oh. The Crusaders would enter these towns and kill everyone in the town because they didn't want to stop and waste time to look and see who was a Catholic. So they'd enter the town and just murder everybody. And they said, well, if they're Catholics, they have a ben the benefit of heaven. So we did them a favor. So kill them all. And let God, God sort it out. <laughs> That's fascinating. That's pretty cool. Good that job. That is crazy, isn't Good it? Good job. Well, we'll just let sleeping dogs lie. <laughs> let the, the idiom, let sleeping dogs lie, means to leave a problem or avoid interfering in a situation. Or an old argument because trying to deal with it could cause even more difficulty. So, just like avoiding uh, waking up a dog and making it angry, let sleeping dogs lie. So you're going to continue to hound me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, ready? O'clock. You know, we say it's five o'clock. Yes. Is it Irish? Nope. <laughs> Patty o'clock. Patty o'clock. I'm going to clock you in the face with the chip on your shoulder. I'm going to clock the chip. <laughs> it came from the saying of the clock. So they would say originally, because clocks were new, mm -hmm. they'd say, well, it's three hours and 10 minutes of the clock. And originally they just changed it to 310 o'clock. <laughs> it's 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock. <laughs> 310 o'clock. Sounds weird, though, but I can understand. So they just they shortened it because, you it's know. It's of the clock. Right. They just said o'clock instead of of the, because it wasn't necessary. Hey. Nick, yes. did you tell everybody about the Nick and Roy store? 
the brand new Nick and Roy store. It is brand spanking new, and we had a ribbon cutting and everything, as we mentioned. You go to nickandroy.com. You go up at the top. It says the Nick and Roy store. You go in there. You're going to find all kinds of great stuff like birthday messages where Roy and I will produce a, a personalized birthday message of totally useless information about the day that that person was born. It's out of control, folks. People are going nuts over this, and they should. It is the best gift you'll ever buy something for, for someone because – if you say, oh, they have everything or it's, you know, it's hard to buy something for this person, get them this. They will flip out. It's a show, a, a totally useless information, a, a mini show made just for them about the day they were born or your anniversary or so. It's fantastic. You want to you be in good with the wife or the husband? You get one for the anniversary. We're getting all kinds of accolades for it. Check out what the fuss is all about. Go to NickAndRoy.com. Visit the Nick and Roy store. Birthday messages, anniversary messages, or special occasions. You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Innovations. Ideas. The Totally Useless Information Podcast presents Inventions. We bow our heads and remember Ira Bob Bourne. He was a company executive known as the father of Peeps. Remember the little oh, candy Peeps? I love Peeps. Bob Bourne. Only yellow Peeps, though. Well, Not all these other crazy colors. He's known as the father of peeps for mechanizing the process to making marshmallow chicks. He died recently. He was 98. So Bob Bourne saw the candy's potential, so he and an engineer at the company designed and built a machine that would make them in less than six minutes. Mm-hmm. And the company's current machines, which are still based in uh, Pennsylvania, I believe, now pump out 5.5 million peeps per day get ready here's my teaser al davis invented something in the 1990s what did and everybody mean? wanted one mostly kids but a lot of people a lot of adults wanted one too what is it it was a company called laramie that he was uh that he had mm-hmm. laramie brands and it was the super soaker wow of course it was bought up by the Hasbro company some years later, making Al Davis an extremely rich man. But the Super Soaker was such a hit, they couldn't. People waited for the trucks to come to the toy stores to get them. Super Soaker. And then as the guy came out of the truck, they threw water at him. <laughs> <laughs> now, the following is not a commercial endorsement at all. It is not. Going for long drives can be risky, especially in circumstances where you think you may need, well, to use the bathroom. Introducing the portable car toilet, which are great for using on the go and make, makes it easy to use the bathroom without being messy, difficult to clean, or requiring you to go somewhere else specific to use the restroom. Because what if you're stuck in traffic? In comes this wonderful invention, the, the portable car toilet. Exactly. Introducing these portable car toilets, which are great for using on the go, making it easy to use the bathroom. The in-car toilet includes a seatbelt design. It makes it easy to lock into your car when it's time. Well, that's better, because if, if I'm using it, I got to strap myself in. <laughs> that's right. If the sunroof is open, I could come flying right out. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> like one of those marshmallow peeps. Yeah, you'll hear three, two. One, blast off. <laughs> we have ignition. <laughs> the portable toilet includes a double-layered sealed seat that uses a rubber ring to keep from leaking between compartments. In mm-hmm. between the portable toilet seat and the box itself, it's really convenient because it's also space for re- space for replaceable six to eight-gallon waste collection bags. Six to eight gallons. Yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot of stuff to hold around in your car. <laughs> I put that thing on the hood of my car. This way, if there is any leakage, I just turn on the windshield wipers. <laughs> it's a new type of washer fluid. <laughs> Finally, the bottom of the portable bathroom seat includes the toilet box compartment itself, as well as a fixed buckle for use in the car. Buyers of the portable toilet have positive things to say, with the product get- getting somewhere between four out of five. Yeah, they have positive things to say, like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> they rated four out of five. The purchase of this particular portable toilet comes complete with a toilet, a ceiling lid, 
10 replacement collection bags, a cleaning brush, and a non-slip mat. <laughs> I'd hate a non-slip mat. That means there was some leakage. And I'd hate to be there when you run out of bags. <laughs> Wait, there's more. Plus a user. <laughs> Wait, there's also a user's manual. Okay. <laughs> In case you need to know. <laughs> Sit, push. <laughs> okay, now this is a serious thing because if you have to go to the bathroom, this is the product for you. Available on sure. Amazon for $86. It is not an endorsement by any means, but I totally use this information with Nick and Roy. The blood bank. Uh-huh. The blood bank. Who invented the blood bank? Well, it was a guy named Dr. Dracula. No. <laughs> no. The blood bank. His name was Bernard Fantas. Okay. Bernard Fantas. He fig but first he had to figure out how you could store blood. Because before that, they they take your blood, put it into a beaker or something, and it would just it, it would go bad. Mm. So he had to figure out how he could store blood. So he eventually patents and figures out a way to store blood for at least 10 days. And in Chicago's Cook County Hospital, they opened up the first blood bank. Crazy. That's great. Wow. See, yep. again, listen, laugh, and learn. And you can visit our website, as we said, nickandroy.com. You can check us out there, Nick, the Nick and Roy store, as we mentioned. And also, you can send us an email by clicking on Contact Us. What's in the mailbag? What's in the mailbag? Tell you what's in the mailbag. Mm-hmm. Hal is in the mailbag. Hal is from Lansing, Michigan. Hello, Hal. Yes. He said, I want everyone to know about your birthday messages. My wife, Beth, who loves me so much, bought me one of your birthday messages. I received it last week. It is the best gift I have ever received. I have sent it to all of my friends. I'm sure that you'll be getting so many requests for this because they all seem to think it is the most incredible gift they've ever seen and heard. That's the most How common. nice. Hal, thank you, Beth. Thank you for being a smart woman. <laughs> That's right. You know, that is the most common uh, reaction and feedback that we get. It is the best gift they ever got, which kind of makes the other people who have given those people gifts all these years going, well, what the heck was I doing? Well, they didn't yeah. go to nickandroy.com. That's what happened there. But thank you so much. <laughs> That's awesome. My uh, mailbag comes from Suzanne from the Bronx, New York, our old stopping ground. Suzanne yeah. says, dear Nick and Roy, I love listening. Ooh, not that Suzanne. No, 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 not that one. <laughs> no, no, no. She's out of prison, I think, in six months. Um, I love listening to your show every week. I often take you along with me when I walk my dog. You guys just make, don't let your wife see that. Nick. No, no. <laughs> you, you guys make me laugh a lot during your show to the point where my dog stares at me when I laugh. Okay. Oh my god. So um, I was thinking maybe you are the guys to answer this question. I have heard about pig Latin. Have you? Now pig, pig Latin. Pig, yeah, I know. Versions of pig Latin have existed since Shakespeare. Some history buffs believe forms of pig Latin, also referred to as dog Latin, may have gotten their start in word games played by monks to play with real Latin. Hmm. So it was the monks. So there's your answer, Suzanne. But what I was thinking was, how would the name of our show totally use this information with Nick and Roy? How would that sound in pig Latin? Otalite, useless ye, information ye, ithwe, ikne, and yay, O'Ray. On the show today, we talked about gardening with Mark Cullen. We talked about inventions. We talked about expressions. It's time for the news. And now, from around the corner and around the world, this is TUI News. They say what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. This year, Tony and his wife, Frances, will be celebrating 57 years of marriage. Tony says, we've been blessed with what all we had all these years, except for that one time we had a rough time. In 1983, Tony and Frances had four kids in a pizza shop, but Tony strayed from their marriage, and Frances no. found out. 
Oh boy. So what did she do? She hired a teenage hitman to try to help her kill her her husband Tony. Oh no. They tried not once, not twice, not three times, five times. They tried to kill Tony five times. Five times, including attempts to blow up his car, attack him with a baseball bat. His last name is his middle name is Lazarus. <laughs> one <laughs> night one night Francis put a bottle of sleeping pills in his food and then then she hired the hitman to shoot him. She said, Tony, manja. <laughs> That's right. Twi- I don't think they were Italian, though. Twice, one in the back of the head. So wait, she put the sleeping pills and then hired a hitman to shoot him? Yes, just to be sure, in case you didn't eat everything. <laughs> well, okay. they tried to kill him like seven other ways. It didn't work. Well, six ways. <laughs> they tried to kill him six ways to Sunday. Oh, my God. This guy's, this guy's a lucky man. Twice, he got shot once in the back of the head. And one of the bullets went right through his chest. Wow. Francis said, I don't think I was thinking straight. You think? So Tony's okay with this? He's still with her? Well, after 57 years, yes. After five days of all that going on, the police found out about the plot and arrested Francis and the teenage hitman. Uh Tony spent 12 days in hospital, and she spent some time in the clink. The first thing... He said, I got a hole in my heart for real. (laughs) (laughs) It went right through my chest. Well, the first thing he did was he discharged his wife out of prison. He bailed her out. We both no. cry. We both cry. We say to each other, you know, from now on, let's just talk. Communication is better. She oh, spent my gosh. Four this years. is terrible. This is a horrible story. No, it's a happy ending. I mean, I guess it ends nicely because they stayed together because... Maybe he stayed together with her because he was afraid she'd try to kill him again. Well, exactly. 40 <laughs> years. But 40 years later... Things are much quieter, thank goodness. We're out of time here. This is all the time we have for totally useless information with Nick and Roy. Thank you very much for listening. We will scour the internet and other sources along with our staff. We will work hard to get you totally useless information for next time. And until then, tell everyone that you know about the show. I like rhyming things. Yes. I'm Roy. No, I got to tell you first. I'm Nick. No. <laughs> I beat you to it. And I'm Roy. And I'm Nick. Thanks for listening. Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy has been brought to you in part by Manmade, Quality Essentials for Men, Boxer Briefs, T-Shirts, Socks, and Soap. Manmade, the official Boxer Brief of Nick and Roy. <laughs>